0: Hello and welcome back to Coin Scrum Markets. I'm thrilled to be joined again by Ruptus Rottenhauser, CEO at Crypto Broker. How are you doing, Ruptus? I'm very well, Paul. Thanks for asking. Um, we've got lots to cover this week, as always. Uh, lots of news going on in the crypto markets. A um, little bit of news uh, from yourselves today, though. I saw um, you've uh, formed a partnership, or you're uh, you've onboarded to act as a liquidity provider for uh, for BDEX, Borst uh, Stuttgart's uh, digital currency exchange. Can mm-hmm. you tell us more about that?
1: Sure. Um, this has been a, a tremendous milestone in, in our organization and in our plan in, in becoming more of this. Um, we are a regulated entity and we love to participate and partner up with other regulated entities. And the Stuttgart Digital Exchange has been at the forefront of creating this crypto regulated space in the German market. Um, and when they were seeking for additional liqu- liquidity providers, we were not uh, to be asked and of course we accepted and took quite some time to get the technical stuff done, but now we're live.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I see they've got some other good partners involved. I saw SBI mentioned Axel Springer, Solaris Bank. Uh, so these are all p- very positive statements, I guess. Um, and so is, is the exchange live now for crypto trading? Um, and, you know, obviously, liquidity is key for any new exchanges or launching you're, you said you're going to be playing a key role there um and if they got other lps on board as well yep well look the stuttgart took picked up this cryptocurrency
1: uh, subject uh, already a few years ago they started with the b2c angle on the bison app where they offered otc transaction for retail customers uh, into the crypto space now they rolled it out into a i would say more formal uh, marketplace uh, being fully regulated by BaFin, so this is this is an extraordinary step, um, and I guess this is only the beginning. Since the uh, the I, I get to the point where I believe the BaFin, the German regulator, is getting more and more, I would say, warmed up with with the cryptocurrency space because I hear more and more uh, information noise, um, where I, I get, which turns me extraordinarily positive that there's more to come.
0: Yeah, I guess looking back, it's been maybe mixed messages out of Germany very early on. It looked like a a positive jurisdiction to start crypto businesses a good number of years ago. I know uh, some early exchanges, um, I believe Kraken, you know, they had banking relationships in Germany. So everyone Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be a, you know, very kind of welcoming jurisdiction. I think Baffin over the years kind of flip flopped a little bit. They've exercised a bit more caution at times. So what does this mean for Germany now as a whole? I mean, you guys based in Switzerland, Switzerland, I guess, have kind of uh, jumped the gun uh, versus many other European countries. And you know, I guess there was a similar um, relationship when um, uh, the Six Exchange launched out of uh, Switzerland a while ago, a few years ago, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. now. Um, so it, is this like? does this mean uh, Germany's back in and are they kind of fully behind the industry now? And is this going to be drug, uh, like pulling in uh, more companies into to setting up in Germany?
1: I honestly believe that is the case, Paul. If you look at it, um, we are driving, of course, I mean, we are Swiss domiciled, we are Swiss regulated, but look, we, we we cannot we cannot survive this this enormous business growth by being just low, uh, domiciled and focused on the Swiss market. So we do reach out into other jurisdictions. Germany, simply by size, nature, financial strength, is an extraordinary exciting market for us. And I must admit, Barfield has been. They looked at their options quite carefully, I would say, uh, to, to formulate it moderately. But once they go for something, they're really into it. And um, I have heard a lot of initiatives from e-brokers, neo-brokers, who have uh, a very, very tight dialogue with the regulator in order: what can we do? What does it need? Uh, transparency, security, um, licensing. So. Um, My feedback from some of the the big, large broker representatives say, I've met with BaFin, we've discussed it, and they're more than open to it, because they see the need of a crypto space as an element when reaching into central bank digital currencies. They are really looking into it from a very top-down approach and see how does it all fit together, payments, retail, institutional, and so on. And I am I'm extraordinarily positive on, on BaFin, especially on the crypto space. And their opinion about securities was always clear. I mean, securities need a prospectus. You cannot change securities law by issuing a token. It does not stop you from providing the adequate legal documentation and prospectus. So um, I, I'm actually really positive on the German market.
0: Yeah, I guess they had, um... Uh, I mean, throughout last year, we saw the launch of a number of exchange traded products on Deutsche Börse's Zetra exchange as well. So I guess that was sort of some training wheels. It wasn't direct trading of crypto, but all of the market makers of those instruments and the authorised participants, you know, were having to, you know, rebalance all of the, um, uh, you know, all of those products. So I, hopefully, that I'm guessing that gave them some level of comfort that the broader market was liquid, liquid enough to support it. Um, and now we've taken that one step further where you've got regulated exchanges, liquidity providers such as yourselves, all regulated, um, and that's creating a really solid and strong, strong ecosystem. And, and Paul, you, have, you, you
1: always have to take the, 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 the client and the bank into account. I mean, some banks simply do not want to get yet involved in wallet management, key management, direct access into crypto, fiat payment into crypto and so on. So the the likelihood or the easiest access for financial institutions with large private banks, wealth management and retail flow is going via a securitized product. Yeah. So the, the 21 shares uh, guys, uh, all the ETN, ETP and ETCs, the totals issuing structural products, they simply used existing processes because it needs a bank to yeah. service the flow they need to be reconciled, they need to be risk managed, and suddenly the position somehow needs to appear in a in a, in a customer's portfolio. Now, if you go the direct wallet key crypto route, it will be difficult for a banker to see, well, what is Paul Gordon's position now? Is he long, is he short? How do I tell him what he has and what capital and risk requirements does he have? So using the, the, the alternative route via the structured products and ETNs and ETPs is a very smart entry point. Mm-hmm. Then you can still look and trial and error and see okay, now I can use my existing infrastructure as security as a security. It goes the same process, it applies for the same rules. And if I then found more interest by people saying, yeah, it's interesting to own a certificate, it's interesting to own a structured product, but I want the wallet, I want the key, and I want the crypto myself in my account. Now that is then the next step. And that's what currently comes. And that's why Burst Stuttgart initiative. Uh, today, you, you, I don't know if, you, if, you've, if you've ever seen the, the message, Trade Republic, the biggest growing online neo broker in Germany and uh, announced today that they allow crypto trading for their, for their hundreds of thousands of retail customers in yeah. Germany. Um, so this is the next step, it'll come. It, and, and, and uh, Trade Republic is a Bafin-regulated entity that would never enter into that space and the step without the approval from Bafin.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I guess maybe uh, they drew, I noticed again in the news uh, today or yesterday, maybe Bafin drawing another line in the sand around security tokens, actually, that you mentioned. They, uh, they made some comments about um, the news from a couple of weeks ago that Binance are launching various... Um, uh, products around uh, tokenizing equities. Mm. Um, so it's interesting that you know that's an, obviously not not a German dos, domiciled com, company, but has potentially has German customers. That they're making it clear that you know these rules need to be followed. They have that's been very clear from all regulators that securities are securities. Full stop. So. Um, um, will you know? Will, will the, um, the the Stuttgart Exchange uh, be able to? Um, are they thinking about the security token side of things as well? Is that something they're going to be listing, or is that down the line? I would be extraordinarily surprised if they wouldn't.
1: I mean, it is
0: it is for fact. This is
1: one of the benefits of security tokens and the use of DLT and blockchain. Um, you don't want to have the hassle of. Bond issuance, equity issuance, corporate action, settlement trading. Uh, this can all be done a lot more easier, more efficient, cheaper, and more automatic by using smart contracts and securitized uh, tokens. But a security token is a security, so all the regulatory rules apply. You cannot simply offer a security token without a prospectus it doesn't work. Now, in this particular case, from the from the product that is in in discussion right now, where Barfin did uh, did uh, an unfavorable um, announcement yesterday, is um, it depends as well if such a product is distributed publicly. Is there a um, is there a prospectus required? If it's only an OTC contract, if you would argue that you only swap the performance of a stock into a smart contract. Does that mean that the token is a security token or is it something different? Mm -hmm. Now, this is very much going down into the nitty gritties of securities law uh, and the derivatives of the security law. How do I read it? How do I interpret it? Um, And it will not be the uh, the last case where people will debate, is this white, is it black, or is it somewhere gray in the middle? Mm but the, the, the future for sure is, and the initiative with Six Digital Exchange in Switzerland is equal, um, the emerge of security tokens, the securitization, tokenization of classic assets mm-hmm. will come. And there will be a market, and there will be a market maker required, and there will be systems required. And since we are licensed as a security broker in Switzerland, we are not only qualifying ourselves for market-making cryptocurrencies, we could become a market maker on security tokens as well, the moment the regulatory umbrella allows it. So we are prepared and uh, hopefully, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that Stuttgart is is thinking the same direction. Yeah,
0: Yeah. well, it all seems to be happening in Europe this week, actually. We'll move move on to some news over in the US, but um, I mean, the other notable news this week was that the European Investment Bank um, is issuing a bond on the public Ethereum blockchain. So, you know, Roll back three or four years, it was you know private blockchain, public blockchain. Banks would never touch the public blockchain. Here we are already, Goldman Sachs, Banco Santander, Societe Generale, um, all overseeing the the sale of a bond on um, on the public blockchain. adherence uh, public blockchain. I mean that's pretty significant too, no? Awesome, awesome performance, and I must say congratulations
1: to everybody involved. Um, and it it shows one. One thing that we have been dating, uh, debating uh, before, Paul, um, the question is, what blockchain protocol at the end of the day will win? Is it is it is it Ether? Is it is it R3 Is it Digital Asset? Is it Daml? What, what what is the right protocol? Um, some companies have decided for one solution, which means they exclude themselves and the clients from other solutions. Well. First of all, this is, a trend, this is the first of its kind where a consortium of many banks with an issuer, formal alliance, settle the trade with currency, digital currency on top of it. I mean, this is the guinea pig of the future. This is really the blueprint. Now, everybody can learn to copy, paste, if you want to use it on the Ethereum blockchain, this is exactly how it works. Now, does that mean there is a regulated exchange involved yet? No, it's not. It's a very closed-end shop from a Couple of market makers and and um, and 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 a blockchain provider. Mm-hmm. The next step is that first of all you need an exchange where this thing can be traded secondary market, and the, the, and the more important step is you need to you need to be able to do interoperability because you cannot say I can only do ether, I can only trade on exchange A. Oh, you do uh, R3 caller, then we can only trade on exchange B. One day there will be an interoperability where it doesn't matter on which protocol your coin or your token is issued. You must be able to swap it from one place to another, crossing exchanges, border lines, and regulatory hurdles.
0: Yeah, and I guess that will really just come down more to uh, setting standards in terms Correct. of, you know, what what messages include, uh, especially what's essential and what needed, what what needs to be included in any messaging. Um, across these different networks, but from a regulatory standpoint. this the uh, Ethereum options expiry on CME. Um, there's some interesting stats around that on open interest. I mean, Ethereum has been very strong. It's been you know, outperforming Bitcoin significantly throughout the year. Um, and the recent sell-off, it's just bounced straight back and making new all-time highs. Uh, what's the options market telling us?
1: Options market looks... Extraordinary, exciting. It is a big expiry tomorrow, Paul, a um, record uh, 4.2 billion ethers in options are currently the open interest, uh, a number we've never seen before. And uh, tomorrow only, on one day, almost a billion of those uh, options expire. Um, we have two extremes. On the one side, there's a large open interest in the 2880 call uh, for tomorrow. And on the downside, for all those who believe the market might crash overnight, is an extraordinary large position in the 2440 put um both of them um significant i uh <laughs> I, I having seen the the performance i mean the 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 the, sh- the ether drop on the 17th only 12 days ago where almost uh 17 billion in total value were knocked out overnight um and, and it got, went straight back up and i guess the reason why it went straight back is because a uh, the uh, Ether just reported that they currently hold $54 billion worth of assets on their chain, which is just a tremendous number. If you consider every, every one of these transactions is paying gas to be transacted, um, these guys are suddenly making serious money. So the value of, of Ether is, is, is actually explainable. It's not a speculative thing anymore. It's actually really becoming a business. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous numbers. Yeah.
0: But yeah. The miners are doing well. Definitely. as it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a positive time for all crypto proof of work miners. Um, I did notice that. Uh, uh, on the Ethereum network they've um, raised the gas limits so there was you know the problem had been about the, the, the cost of the transactions fees, especially if you're trying to use some of these decentralized exchanges mm-hmm. is something that needed to be addressed and that's already mm-hmm. actually had a significant impact I think it's kind of brought the average gas fee from recent the recent weeks down by half so. Yeah, it exactly yeah there still needs to be uh, better longer term solutions obviously they're working yeah. towards it as they move to proof of stake but you know all, all good signs maybe uh maybe uh, vitalik knows something that the rest of us don't and he's exactly and
1: in the slipstream of the
0: increasing ether performance
1: i mean all the the other producers uh, Uniswap, maker compound they are the biggest contributors of assets into the ether chain they, they their prices moved nicely up as well so Looks, looks quite healthy. I would be more on the 2880
0: coin side tomorrow, not on the yep. 2440 downside. Okay. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have a 10 euro bet on that between us. Okay. Done. <laughs> Sorry, 10 euros. When are we even talking in fiat currency? 10 bitcoins. Yeah. There we go. 10 What's bitcoins. Big... <laughs> yeah, a big one. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, all right. That's enough on Europe. We've covered a lot there. Um, bit snippets of news over in America as well, which are very positive. Um, well, one I'm not sure we need to dwell on much. We touched on uh, exchange traded products in Europe, and there's a whole swathe of them now. Earlier in the conversation, uh, it seems like Groundhog Day. Um, we've got another application just being delayed um, for an ETF in the US. Uh, I know it's uh, I'm not sure what uh, what, what uh, episode, what number of application this is from Vanek, but they've uh, they've had one Ew. underway. SEC have uh, pushed back and used their uh, um right to delay uh, that uh, review process is that going to happen this time or not simple yes or no <laughs> no no okay my, my
1: best guess would be no i would really love to see it happening um and uh, part of the reason why the american regulators are so restrictive is uh, this, uh, an etf has been emerging out of canada and they raised a billion dollars in the first 10 days of appearance i mean there is demand I honestly do not understand why it's not happening in in, in the States. Um, There are qualified enough people, all the big investors in the space, in the crypto space, sit in the US. Um, All the big corporates, all the big hedge funds, the big market makers, Cumberland, Galaxy Digital, uh, CMT, you name them, they're all sitting in the States. I have no idea why the regulatory framework is so resilient in letting it go. And the, even the only existing future exists on CME. So they have all the elements yep. of making it safe, trustful, secure, and profitable. Yep. Which is a very unusual combination of all of them. And and it still doesn't happen. And I, I have no idea why. I have yep.
0: no idea why. Well, let's see. Some people might uh, be waiting to see what uh, uh, President Biden does with... Um, Uh, capital gains taxes. Uh, People might be uh, looking to move out of the US, but um, maybe there are some other positive pieces of news there which might support the case, if not this time going forward. Uh, We'll finish up on those two. JP Morgan, doesn't need saying, fabled for being rather negative about Bitcoin or their CEO, Jamie Dimon, a few years ago, made very disparaging statements. They seem to on full 360, there's been various pieces of news um, around their, their pivot back towards Bitcoin or towards Bitcoin in the first place. Um, now in the last week they announced they're going to be um based on client client demand um launching a Bitcoin fund. So is this, you know, is this going to give regulators some insight into what the demand really is?
1: As I said, no in the previous question, now I say yes, this is exactly what's happening. And we see it as well here. Um our clients Demand crypto exposure, mm-hmm. and they want it either direct or via a product. Mm-hmm. If uh, same story, what I just explained with the Germans and these exchange rate products listed on etc. Or the Stuttgart exchange. Is the same applies for funds. Uh, we have our own uh, long-short uh, algorithmic fund issued and we distributed. Uh, so yes, this is an extraordinary step forward. I think Jamie Dimon never was that spectacular skeptic about bitcoin i mean if everybody says mm, i don't really see it well you don't want to be the only one saying yes i really believe it's great so <laughs> you yep. have to play your cards a little bit but they were the first ones with with the JP Morgan coin making um, interbank payments mm-hmm. uh, moneyless i would say digital um, they were the first ones having the quorum um, blockchain protocol using it for internal process optimization they've been extraordinary close to the Ethereum Foundation. Um, They always were in contact with the space. So them now saying, I want to issue a fund, giving my investors the opportunity to invest in a classic product, not managing wallets, not managing keys, a simple icing code visible in your portfolio is a tremendous step. And I think it's the same. Look, if you go through the news over the last, I would say eight weeks, Northern Trust, Fidelity, BNY Mellon, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, SoftGen, Santander, what else do you want? I mean, this is the proof. This is the proof of concept. This is not anymore a, well, there's a a small little bank somewhere behind the the, the trees who's trying something modern and new. No, it's Mm -hmm. the biggest high street bank, financial markets, Wall Street houses who are not only considering, they're doing it. And this is a big change from let's say 12 months ago to now, it has been proven that the demand is there, the asset class is set, people want it, and it's never gonna go away anymore. It's, it might evolve, it might change, but the asset class of crypto and security tokens
0: and tokenization will not disappear anymore. Yeah, okay, just finish up the last bit of news, which is, uh, I guess, supporting this uh, positive position out there, hopefully driving it. Um, Brian Brooks, um, it's not his first role uh, directly in crypto. Brian Brooks, well-known, formerly being headed up the Office of the Comptroller in the US. Um, He departed that role and moved to, to Coinbase, and now he's taken on the CEO role at Binance US. That's a bit of a statement as well. And if you want to make sure that you know, game te- gamekeeper turned poacher, um, and if you want to have the direct ear of regulators and for them to kind of you know maybe have a trusted voice within the industry, it probably doesn't get better than that. Great
1: step, great step. And another proof of concept that this is exactly what needs to be done. I recall 20 years ago, well, 15 years ago, um, Goldman did a similar step. They were always the bad guys in the financial markets and the press was beating on them. Every time something happened, may it be commodity trading, uh, food for oil, whatever. It was always Goldman's. Suddenly they got more and more people in the organization from the regulatory side, from, from the political establishment. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it worked. They disappeared from the bad press and they suddenly became the good ones. And this is exactly what is needed. You need people who can, who can combine financial markets, infrastructure, financial markets, skill, together with regulatory and legal skill in order to make it happen. One is as important as the other side, but it only works if, it, if they work together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why I'm not pessimistic that the ETF in the U.S. will never come. Mm-hmm. It just it just appears <laughs> to me they might need a bit longer than we all uh, hoped, but um, I, I find this move extraordinarily smart. Um, People from regular, with regulatory background in the industry can only
0: help. Yeah, it's all good. Well, we've covered lots of stuff there. Um, I'm sure by the time we next have you on, there'll be a whole bunch more to talk about. But Absolutely. Was great us. Thank it's been a you for having Paul. you on. Thank you for joining us. See you again soon. Thanks, Paul. See you again.